0: Meet me later. Hi, welcome to another episode of When Women Speak. I am your host, Shirley Kay. When Women Speak has guests that are insightful on amplifying the voices of women in their life, their relationships, their careers, and their business. Today's guest is Dr. Keisha Sarabois. So happy to have her. Dr. Keisha Sarabar is a global education consultant, an authority on racial literacy in early childhood. She is the CEO of Dr. Keisha Cares and Hidden Gems Coaching Program. Hidden Gems Coaching is a faith-based program designed to help women get out of the mud of their limitations. So let's get ready. Like I've always said that our guests for When Women Speak, they are the perfect guests for this show. When we talk about amplifying the voices of women in several areas, and Dr. Keisha is definitely one
1: of those. Welcome to the show, Dr. Keisha. It is my joy, Shirley Kay. Thank you so much for having me. Man, I appreciate
0: your guest for this. I'm so excited for this conversation and we're going to dig right in uh, because again, I'm going to say this for every guest, but I absolutely know that this guest, we're going to get some rich conversation. So Dr. Keisha, what does it mean for you when you hear the statement, find her voice?
1: Every time I think about that statement, the words that immediately jump out are her and voice, because there's so many limitations built within the word. It's almost like a metal word, you know, her. Limitations as to what she can do, how far she can achieve or how far she should aim, how far or what she should look like in order to go after whatever it is she's going after. And voice, the ability to lift it, the ability to use it, the sound. I'm very big on people utilizing or recognizing or releasing their sound. So those two words in and of themselves are very, very profound and meaningful to me. And when I connect the two and I think about her voice, then it starts to become this statement of revolution because of the context in which a woman speaking has all of these different magnificent implications, but it's not a neutral statement. That's what I think is so important to understand. Her voice is not the same as his voice. It's not the same as our voice. It's not the same as their voice. It's not the same as, you know, her children's voices. Her voice carries within it its own invisible ecosystem of all of the things that it means to be heard, to be seen, to be recognized. So Dr. Keisha just
0: unpacks a lot around her voice. And that is the very reason that When Women Speak web series began. You know, she talked about her voice is revolutionary. And that word revolutionary, that's a whole another show. Mm -hmm. talking about the revolutionary, but Dr. Kish, you said something in the beginning when you talked about how far Mm -hmm. those two words, um, those two words themselves in regards to talking about women and their voice and how far those two words have limitations attached to them anyway. Mm -hmm. She's not, she can't, she's not revolutionary and have a limitation on how far she's going to go with her voice at the same time. But It's interesting that when folks hear about her voice, some folks automatically put a limitation to her voice Mm -hmm. and they add that to it. And sometimes, without even thinking, sometimes it's her. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that insight.
1: My pleasure.
0: Dr. Keisha, what I do know is that um, most women, if not all, have had a voiceless experience. Hmm. My next question is, have you ever had a voiceless experience? And can you share that with myself and the viewers?
1: Oh, what a question to ask me on a day like this. Like, oh boy. Well, you know, the first question we came in, you got the doctor side. This question, you're about to get the coach, the woman. The Keisha side, like I am in a moment right now, where I I, I felt I felt voiceless. Um, I am I'm in a situation where I'm having to apply uh, for a competitive thing that I'm going after. It's a large thing. It's a desirable thing, and there are several people also interested in this thing, and. A part of the application process for the person who, you know, gets to decide who gets this shiny gold thing that we're all running towards is you had to have, you know, certain people who could speak to your past history to qualify you. And what became interesting was the pandemic. So, and my background, like I'm the first... African American to get my doctorate from the University of Hong Kong and the first African American to get my master's degree from the University of Beijing Normal or Beijing Normal University. And I did these things uh, over this course of eight years. And I've just been back in the States. This will be my third year back. And so while those are beautiful accomplishments, things that I'm very proud of, things that I serve well in, when I am put on paper, when my 3D life is reduced to a 2D uh, experience, all of a sudden, what people see is, well, where is this history? Where's your work history? Where's your tax history? Because when I was overseas as a student, you're not, uh, you don't have to file taxes because you're not making uh, anything uh, as a student at all. In fact, you're not allowed to work. And so you're excused from filing taxes. And so while everything was legit when I came back. I was amazed to find out that what was such a wonderful thing, such a wonderful experience was now a weight when I tried to move forward after, you know, the things that I wanted as a professional adult. And what I was forced to do was put myself in situations where I had to, you know, rent have apartments and things like that and that's fine done it well did it on time but what was interesting is uh one of the questions that was asked was you know list the list the information for the people who can speak to uh your past history like do you pay on time are you a good you know person to live around et cetera et cetera et cetera but with the pandemic i realized that a lot of the people that I had worked with or spent time with who could speak to that were no longer in those locations. Ah. And then the situation I'm in now, the catalyst for all of this was that the people who own this building sold it. Ah. And so the property managers that I work with, I don't have access to. And I was able to like track some down, but they're on vacation. So ah. I a time sensitive thing and i'm you know this magnificent well accomplished financially solid woman but i'm voiceless because this application is asking me a question asking me a 2d question when i have a 3d answer and while i put down the best of my you know i put down the best references that i could and i also was wise enough to ask engaging questions so that i could further bolster my application and put, you know, uh, other people who could speak to my character who weren't limited to that space. I am in a situation right now where I'm having to wait out a decision where I feel like I'm not accurately portrayed and I'm voiceless. There is nothing I can say because it's the electronic application. I have no control over when they look at it, how they look at it, how well they dig into me. All I can hope for is whatever is reflected on that digital document is enough to have me be the, you know, the lucky winner of this next step. But that process of being voiceless when you know you are powerful is a humbling thing. And it brought me to my knees. And that's where I've been all day, all day, all this morning, all right before we got on this call. And it's giving me peace in my voicelessness because where i'm at is the lord will fight for me the lord will provide for me this is a jehovah jireh moment like i'm not weak i'm voiceless and in my silence i'm trusting that god is speaking for me dakis
0: you 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 just you threw again the name of your program is hidden gems and of course yeah. you do some gems right <laughs> hidden gems coaching yeah <laughs> and you know about accomplishments and those same accomplishments being a weight now yeah and then when you describe being voicelessness, you also talked about the folks that could vouch for you, that could actually vouch for your voice. They're no longer available. Right. So they can't vouch for your impact. They right. can't vouch for your influence. And right. they can't vouch for your contribution. Right. And the and ones now, who can are in
1: Hong Kong
0: or they're in Beijing. Yeah. And I think all of us have gone through that particular situation. Maybe not the same as that, Keisha, but when we talk about relationships, let's think back to when we felt all of that. When we think about our careers Mm -hmm. and our businesses, we've all been in that space. Our accomplishments feel like a weight, and then we don't have the support Mm -hmm. that we need in order for us to be able to get the speed we need in that space. Yeah, Because the impact, the influence, and all of our
1: contributions, no one's able to speak for them. And sis, I'll take it one step further. It was a deeply humbling thing when you know you are an excellent person in your reputation, when you know you've served well, but there's no one who can speak to it. Our sponsor, Life on Power, their programs and training programs and
0: consulting business consistently talks about remaining whole. Mm -hmm. So in order for that to happen, you have to be in the middle of being healed and whole. Yep. Because when all of that is stripped away, mm-hmm. you have to remember who you are to your core. That's it. Who you are soulfully when that happens. hmm Man, we've only gone through two inquiries and had a conversation about two, about women's inquiries. But man, we, we threw out a lot. <laughs> so
1: we coming women? in? No <laughs>
0: way. Let me
1: tell you. <laughs> uh, you got a lot in these twelve minutes. <laughs> well, you know that's
0: what women speak. Uh. You know, so after we talk about finding her voice, and we talk yeah. about voiceless, voiceless experiences, you know, it, it. Now we get to talk about. We get to talk about. But mm-hmm. why should the voices of women
1: and their values even matter? The immediate word that I heard when you asked that question is because they're unique. You know, like, if you just think about what it means to have a voice, it means you have a sound. And within your sound, there are so many things within that sound. There's a pitch, there's a tone, there's a range, there's a frequency. And if you're wondering, like, well, what do I mean by that? if you are a trained singer who has a very high soprano, you have the ability to shatter glass with your voice, right? Now it's a skill that not everyone possesses, but it's a great illustration of how powerful a sound is, right? And because we're talking about women, I wanted to look at that to understand that our voice can shatter glass. It can be a glass or a glass ceiling. And that is why it is so important that we look at it from that perspective.
0: You know, I often um, talk about if one voice, the uniqueness and the authentication of one voice, and that if that can shatter and obliterate one glass ceiling, think about the voices of more than one woman. That's why we, we have to be vigilant because I was, uh, you heard, you saw me looking away to my right or left because I'm thinking of the right word, but yeah, the right word is vigilant. We can't leave this space when we're gone with nobody that looks like us. The sound has to continue. And the only way that we do that is that we're bringing someone else along that's going to have the opportunity if needed
1: to walk on our backs to get to where they need to go. Oh, yeah. I want to go deeper with this. Like, you know, the spaces we we tarry in. So we about to go in. Um, This whole understanding of our voice can shatter a glass or a glass ceiling. When I first introduced it, I talked about, you know, a soprano being able to sing at a certain key. But she's using her voice to speak to a thing or affect the atmosphere in which the glass is sitting in and the power of that breaks it. And so when we transition to the glass ceiling, it's her ability to speak to her situation, speak to the people around her, speak to her uh, determination that helps her break through that glass ceiling. But when we start talking about impacting change, that's when we look at her ability to speak to the next generation. And I can think of beautiful examples when I look at, uh, Kevin Durant's mother, how Mm -hmm. when he received one of his MVP awards, he talked about how she was the real MVP because of all of the things she did along the way to help him get to where he was, all of the things she said to him as she walked out this difficult thing of being a single woman to a black man in a place like the USA. And this is prior to the black lives matter movement. This is all the things she had to sit up here and deal with that never got recorded, never went viral, yes. but she shattered the glass ceiling in her life because she produced not only a life she can be proud of, but she raised several children in that who then went on to not only shatter glass ceilings in the NBA, but they have shattered the generation that they're in and the generations that come because they've transitioned into a whole new way of living. And so what she effectively shattered was growing up in a certain socioeconomic level. And her children and her grandchildren will never go back to that because her voice, her power shattered that. And I don't want us to get lost in that. That's why when I talk about hidden gems coaching, getting stuck out of the mud of your limitations, because they rob you of your voice, they rob you of your clarity, and they rob you of your power. And I love that God is bringing us back to this moment, because at the end of the day, while I may be voiceless in one space, I am very much vocal in my prayer life. That is that is key,
0: Dr. Keishan. While I'm voiceless in one place, I'm very much have a voice and a sound in my prayer life. While I'm voice, voiceless in this place, when we're talking about sometimes our careers, I very much have a voice in my relationships. No. While I'm voiceless right now in my company, not doing as well as I wanted to do for some of us, but I'm very well have a voice in my career, because there are parallelpreneurs mm-hmm. that's listening. Mm-hmm. You're an entrepreneur, but you're running your company as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I don't think we look at that enough. Mm-hmm. Oh, sometimes absolutely. we give too, not sometimes, most often we give too much credit where we're voiceless at mm-hmm. and not where our voice is actually matter. And it's and crushing different glass ceilings mm-hmm. and different glass. Like Kevin Durant's mom, the, the perfect example that you gave. One person, but she just shattered the glass ceiling of an entire generation. Her sons, her sons' children, her sons' children's children, etc. And herself. Generations to come.
1: And herself. If, if, if we were fortunate enough to know this woman, can you imagine how she sees herself now versus how she saw herself 30 years ago. Absolutely. What she shattered within herself as she walked this thing out and started to see things break that at one point seemed unbreakable. So most
0: often we can go back to when we felt like we we're were voiceless in a whole lot of places. And we can actually empower ourselves because of where we've come from six months ago, six years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. We just don't give ourselves sometimes that much credit, Mm -hmm. but it's there and it exists.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah,
0: absolutely. Dr. Keisha, I'm sure you have a few scenarios that you can share with us, but I'm gonna ask you to share at least one. Sharing an experience, where you were, you were in are or are leading with your voice.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am very fortunate to um, be a globally recognized education consultant. I have a uh, a talk on TED uh, that I did in Hong Kong around early childhood literacy and my you know my components of talk, read, sing, play utilizing that to create global citizenship and i use that as a pathway for really you know promoting diversity but the the ripple effect i did that recording in 2018 and one of the most uh powerful statements that i said was you know like at that time i was sitting on a lot of very powerful boards within education uh i've served in think tanks like i have been very very fortunate to do well in my life and sit on a lot of very powerful um, committees and boards within education, like global policy makers that countries and governments set their education standards by. I've been at those tables as a leader uh, for the students and the voice and the advocate. And one of the things I said in that 2018 talk was, even with our credentials, even with the data. We're making our best guesses, our best assumptions on what education is going to look like. We have no idea what education is going to look like, and when I look at those words now, it almost seems prophetic because i here I was in uh the country that had one of the highest scores in uh education assessments at the time, but they mm-hmm. had the lowest score. And uh, parent-child reading, which means, you know, we're reading for information and we're reading to get a score. But we're missing relationship. We're missing the deeper skills that come from social connections and bonding. Mm-hmm. And when 2019, the like the end of 2019, the beginning of 2020 hit, the world saw education change. yes. The world saw how reading for information no longer served you. Because the Zoom environment quickly taught us that we need more than these two dimensional experiences. We need connection. Absolutely. And so a lot of the things that I have been saying and advocating and um, promoting through reading aloud, adult child reading aloud, early childhood Mm -hmm. reading aloud, now, all of that is put, put, positioning me to be a sought after speaker. And mm-hmm. what I love is that what my passion is was never to be in the university space while I take no issue with it. And I respect, you know, my colleagues who have gone that route. I was not interested in playing the games that are in that space. My heart has always been at the ground level, at the grassroots level, at the community center, neighborhood, daycare, big mama's basement type space. Like I want to empower those individuals yes. with the top research, with the best skills. Yes. Because these and you only wouldn't have, have access to that. Mm -hmm. These are the women and the men who move a generation. These are the women who have a voice that shatter glass ceilings. These are the Kevin Durant moms and grandmas and aunties that actually have the most meaningful relationships. Mm -hmm. Those are the people I'm drawn to, but that took me a completely different route, right? And what I love is that, the people the organizations the schools the state agencies that i work with now bring me into those spaces with those people and i get to see how my voice because i chose not to go the path well traveled i chose Mm -hmm. to take the less secure route i can't tell you how many people looked at me as though i was ignorant when i passed up several university positions teaching positions at well sought after schools. And I did so respectfully because I knew my heart wasn't in that work. I didn't Mm -hmm. want to get, you know, divested and constantly having to prove who I was. I knew who I was then, so who I was now, but I had the courage then to trust that the sound of my voice could shatter a glass ceiling long before I got to a glass room. Leading with
0: your voice requires that you know who you are and you know your value. Therefore, even if you have to select the path less traveled and disrupt every everyone else's thinking of what you should do, then you will get to do what actually gives the bigger opportunity for folks to feed from your calling and your purpose, because that's really why we're here. Not for us to keep our calling and our purpose tied up in the inside of us. It's a, we're supposed to literally eat a meal from each other's calling and purpose. Absolutely. So I so I did say Dakisha had at least some experiences, and she gave us a wonderful experience, experience of leading with your voice. And she gave us a lot of dimensions in the middle of that. So, Dr. Keisha, you know, I when I was creating these questions, mm-hmm. I was thinking about the, the statement leaving with her voice. Yeah. And, um, and I know that that can convey various meanings for mm-hmm. everyone. And right now, and it has, every guest has had a different meaning for the phrase leaving with your voice. Mm. What does that phrase leaving with your voice convey for you, Dr. Keisha?
1: I hear responsibility uh, all throughout that phrase. Leading with my voice means that I have to be in right standing with my creator. I need to be in right standing with myself. I need to be uh, clear on how I feel in the moment so that I can lead with the anointing that's on my life. I'm faith-based in all that I do and I don't hide that, but I respect that, you know, that may not be everyone's cup of tea, but for me in this pandemic, (laughs) this is the only way I know how to do it. And so leading with my voice means I have to be in alignment with my God and I have to be honest with myself. I had a very honest, conversation with god this morning that i was tired like I, I i'm going through all these things i'm dealing with you know this this journey um is going into its eighth month and i'm like god this this is a lot like I, I i i hope that you're pleased with how i'm handling it because some days father god i feel like i am not showing up as my best self i feel like i am barely dragging myself in the bed and then i can't sleep when I get there, which makes me start to analyze and think, well, what deeper thing is happening that I don't have the wherewithal to address at the surface level because it's, I'm not sleeping. So some, some disconnect is there. And then being able to have the type of prayer life where I can lay that out in front of God and not sugarcoat any of it. (laughs) Yeah. He got a straight no chaser. And that, that for me is how, I lead with my voice, it's it's that it's that ability to be unapologetically authentic
0: mm-hmm. with
1: my God, with myself, mm-hmm. and that's how I can lead effectively. Anyone who watches this, you can hear it in my sound, right? And for the people who are called to work with me, these are the things they mention, pull them into me. But that ability to again release that tone that shatters, yeah. yeah. You know, whatever is within somebody that would be hesitant. To mm-hmm. get whatever God has anointed me to give them is that alignment. And when I'm not in my alignment, my frequency is off. And so when I use mm-hmm. my voice, it'll fall flat, just like a singer. You know when they hit a note, <laughs> and you know when <laughs> And you know when it sounds flat. With her
0: voice, I love that. The word that Dr. Keisha said came to her immediately is responsibility. And then that goes back to us knowing our values because spirituality, I believe is one of the biggest values that we can have yeah. because it believes that I am limited my whole self yeah. and I can't rely 100% on me, mm-hmm. whatever that means for everyone else. But if you don't have it, then you're only counting on you and all the limitations as a human being when it comes to amplifying your voice, you yourself authentically, leaving and finding and leading with your voice.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dr. Keisha, what last words do you have for our viewers today? Mm.
1: It's a word I've been utilizing all year. I pray you thrive. I pray that what you heard in this conversation settles down into your mind that it shows up in your quiet time, and that it inspires you to thrive, that it challenges you to go after a glass ceiling and shatter it, that it allows you to think about the women in your life and go back and say thank you to the unsung heroes that helped you uh, walk through whatever broken glass that you didn't have to break. You just got to step on On your way to the next level like that is what i pray i came into this space with a very true intention of wanting to plant as many seeds in fertile ground so i pray that what i said resonates i pray that it's bamboo season in a lot of your viewers lives and that they are overwhelmed by the increase in knowledge and strategy in vision and in faith as a result of these when women speak conversations <laughs> Thank you, Dr.
0: Keisha. This has been another episode of When Women Speak, sponsored by Life on Power Leadership Development and Women Empowerment Consulting Group and the brand, What If She Knew She Was Powerful.
1: Dr. Keisha, how do our viewers reach you? How do they contact you? Well, thank you for asking that. Um, the best way to reach me is through my website, Dr. Keisha Cares, and that's dr K-E-I-S-H-A-C-A-R-E-S. If you are interested in my Hidden Gems coaching program, you definitely want to go on the website. uh, Click on DKC Coaching and get your name added to the waiting list. There's a free resource there for you to really help you uh, utilize, you know, the first steps We will be opening up and doing our next phase soon. So uh, be sure to get on that waiting list because if you think what I had in this conversation was something, you need to see what I'm cooking up in this program.
0: (laughs) Thank you for joining us, Dr. Keisha Sterebois. And this has been another episode of (laughs) When Women Speak. Mm, Thank you.